Welcome to the Bad Podcast. The podcast about three Asian dudes from the Bay. Who only want one thing. Real, Real talk. talk. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today is episode two of season two. And today we'll be discussing and talking about something that is near and dear to my heart. Dance and the dance community here in the Bay Area. For a little background, I used to dance on Project M, an all-male hip-hop dance company founded in 2007 by Emerson Aquino, based out of the San Francisco Bay Area. After 13 years, they sadly hung up their shoes, but I'll never forget the six years I spent with them and the lasting friendships I've created. With that in mind, our special guest today is my friend and my brother, Jin Kim. He and I danced together on Project M for numerous years, but he has since gone on to dance for other teams in the Bay Area, lived in LA, pursuing a career in dance, and since 2019 has been able to include Golden State Warriors Blue Crew to his impressive resume. Jin, welcome to the podcast. Woo! Yeah. yeah. I didn't know you had a brother. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it was six years. Yeah, I was on there for a long time. Six years. Oh, my God. So before we get into the episode, Jin, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, as far as, like, my dance history. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, maybe what teams you've been on and kind of... Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I started dancing kind of late by, by, by typical kind of standards. So I started dancing when I was 17. Um, it was, like, a, a, an open weekly kind of drop-in dance class. Um, that fell into me doing like a summer intensive and then I joined um, a youth team called Funksters SF. So um, I've danced for two teams. Funkonometry SF was the kind of overarching adult team. Um, I danced for Funksters, which was a youth team. Um, I ended up, uh, I went to UC Davis, so I danced for MK Modern, which was their oh, college, yeah, okay. uh, college team. Um, came back to the Bay after I dropped out. Uh, <laughs> danced for Project M, which was an all-male dance team. Um, did that for a few years. I moved to LA. Well, either I went for another. I danced for Groove Against the Machine, which is based out of Oakland, California, um, out of In the Groove Studios. I moved to LA for a little while to pursue like the industry dance. I did actually dance for a team there called Blacklisted. Oh. Um, it was run by a friend of mine, and we did Hip Hop International and stuff like that. And then for as of 2019, the inaugural men's dance team for the Golden State Warriors called Blue Crew. Nice. And I teach K-pop. I've taught K-pop since 2016. Wow. Have you wow. been have you been teaching once a week since 2016, specifically K-pop? Yeah. Oh, oh I did not know you've been yeah, doing it for actually, that long. Yeah. Wow, it's kind of crazy. So at the same studio? Yeah, so when when I moved back from LA, I uh, I was trying to figure out what I want to do with my life and I was like, I want to be a dance teacher, right? Sure. So I actually taught at a studio um up in I taught like all ages of kids and stuff like that and it was just hip hop. Oh, yeah. Um I went to City because City Dance is the first place I ever took a dance class. It's yeah. like literally like my very first dance class ever. Um, so it was very cool to come like full circle and come back and teach there. Yeah, I mean we'll we'll, we'll get into more of your history and like I think what, uh, like your background in dance and everything you do yeah. uh, throughout the podcast. So we can save the rest of the questions for later on. But I want to kick off our podcast how we normally do is with actually our question of the day. Question of the so our day. question of the day everybody answers, and it'll be the only time today we all answer a question. Minus the rapid fire, I guess. Minus but mm-hmm. uh, the question of the day that I have for everybody is, what is your favorite viral dance trend of the last 10 years? Uh, and which one has been, yeah, which one has been your favorite? I can kind of go first with this one because I don't want anyone else to take it. <laughs> but I, I still like the Dougie. Oh, dude. That's a good one. <laughs> Sorry, Dougie, I just did it for you. But the Dougie. It, the Dougie is great. Uh, I still... Dougie, I guess. <laughs> Whatever it it's dance. easily like the most fun one of yeah, all, yeah, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. It was a toss-up between that and the Cat Daddy. But Cat Daddy's a good one, too. Yeah, but Dougie's probably one of my favorites. But, uh, Jen, what about you? Yeah, um, I, I don't know. It's interesting because, like, party dances have evolved, right? Everything mm-hmm. from, like, 
the actual Harlem Shake. Oh not, yeah, not that that <laughs> that, that, that trend in the, on the, the internet back then. But um, yeah, I, it's kind of it's interesting because I feel like dance trends have evolved from like a groove mm-hmm. to this thing where like you're just hitting accounts like like the whip and hitting them folks and all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. It's like landing it on the one. Oh right? yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like whatever you're doing and like catching that beat and even the whoa right like oh, that, yeah. that beat versus like the Dougie which is like a groove yeah right so I would definitely I would say Dougie I mean okay I miss jerking oh, oh yeah. yeah jerking was just just fun all around yeah. I think and shout out to LA for that but yeah nice. I'll, I'd probably say jerking nice yeah I'd probably say um you know the renegade no I'm kidding um, <laughs> the electric slide <laughs> that's more than 10 years ago <laughs> you know the you know the soldier boy one like oh, like the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even know what it's called but I'm pretty sure it's just that the soldier boy that might be more than 10 years ago Superman that I don't know it could oh. be <laughs> oops I don't know we'll count it we'll count it they had that entire like that, I don't a little know, more than 10 years. Yeah, because that was when I was in high school. Yeah, when I was in high school. Is that, more than, is that more than 10 years? <laughs> I was like, yeah. Okay. That was when I was in college. That's when I was in middle school. Yeah. Um, no. I know it would be the opposite, right? College. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, uh, I think my favorite is the Bernie. Just because mm. there's like, mm. you can kind of do it chill, you know. Yeah, exactly. Kind of just lay back and do it a little bit, and then like after you had a few drinks, you could just go wild, you know, and hurt somebody with the amount of fun going that you're putting out there. Bernie was a fun one for me. Nice, nice. That's awesome. Yeah, so cool. That thanks guys for answering, and that's a great way to kind of get ourselves loose and get into the questions we want to ask Jim. So Jim, our, my first question for you is: How did you first get into dance, and what makes the Bay Area dance community so special to you? Hmm. This is kind of like a twofold answer, I think, as far as how I got into it. First of all. I am very classically a little brother because I remember <laughs> Han in Santa Cruz started talking about taking break dancing classes and I was like, oh, you're dancing? Cool. I want to do that too. Nice. Um, but I actually, my first dance class ever was at City Dance Studios in 2007 or 2008 um, with my youth pastor. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, so random. Our church youth pastor like used to dance when she was young and she like... We were talking about it, and she was like, yeah, I'll take you to a dance class. So we went out to San Francisco, see the dance studios. It was Emerson Aquino's Sunday night beginner hip-hop class. Nice. Which I think he taught for over a decade, for sure. But, um, yeah, so that's, that's what got me started, and then I just kind of, you know, fell into it. And, I mean, there's so much special about the dance, the barrier dance community. I mean, it, it's, it's, like, I found dance when I was... 16, 17 years old. Right. So it was a huge part of me, like, gaining confidence in who I am as a person and, like, yeah. you know, just kind of, like, I, I, I truly think without dance, I, I wouldn't be where I am today, of course. But, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I think, like, the people that I met and the connections, like, all of my friends, my senior year of high school were all dancers in, in San Francisco. Right. And I was, like, this Marin kid who, like, had cool San Francisco urban friends. But yeah, no, it definitely shaped a lot of friendships that I still have now and like, and just kind of made me feel better about who I am. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Actually, we talked about in a previous episode about identity and Mm -hmm. so it sounds like identity, it's become a big part of your identity and Mm -hmm. how you identify yourself. And so that's really awesome to hear. And I think the community here is really special for sure. And someone as myself, as someone who's been part of it too, it's been uh, really like, I think a down to earth group to see you. So that's been awesome. But one thing I did want to ask you is kind of the flip side of that coin. You know, obviously it sounds all rosy and great, but is there anything about the community that 
um, you wish it would, it would change or anything that you feel like it would, would be different? Yeah. Um, that's good. Yeah. That's a really good question. I think like, you know, so one thing that we kind of talk about just between my friends and stuff like that is yeah. that the Bay Area dance community feels very, not isolated. I'm trying to think of the right word. Mm-hmm. Uh, like each team kind of does its own thing. I see. Right. So when you look at SoCal, I remember a couple of years ago, there was this project where like all the big dance teams in SoCal did like a whole video together and they had like, it, it was just this idea of the community and like, yeah, there's a dance community in the Bay Area and we support each other, but it feels like there's teams that are all over the place and we come together and do shows and competitions, but we don't like collaborate together. Oh, right. Or like, you know, if, if someone from uh, say the company takes class right. or teaches a class, right. then like all the company dancers will come and take that class. Right. But if it's a weekly person, you don't necessarily see people supporting each other yeah. and, and taking class from each, from each other and like going around and this and that. And there, you know, not to say that no one does it right for sure. But like, yeah, it feels very much like, the teams stick to themselves and do their thing. We see each other at shows and competitions, right. but there's not a lot of collaboration between the teams oh. and not like a big connection of like a Bay Area dance team community. Oh, I see. It exists, yeah. but it, it's not like totally interwoven, right? Oh, like okay. I can't go to a show and like know people's names from other teams. Oh, why, right. do you think it, why do you think it's like that though? That's a good question. I mean, cause we're like the Bay Area is small. We're not even as widespread right. as SoCal. Right. 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 Um, I don't know. Okay, let Honestly. me let me make a, let me make a hypothesis, and then you tell me what, how you feel about it. Okay. First thing is parking. Parking. <laughs> <laughs> like, I ain't gonna go to city dance. <laughs> if someone's teaching a class downtown, you know what I mean. Like you don't want to drive all the way out there. True. True. Second thing, hypothesis. Like, do you think it's the price of class? I don't think it's worth the price. You know, you know what I think it is? I think honestly, in the Bay Area, at least most people that dance are either younger, right, okay. or like do it for fun, essentially, right? Where I feel like in Southern California, like there's obviously LA and, the, and then like, and like actual Hollywood and jobs and stuff with right. dance. And, and you know, San Diego is a huge part in, in the dance, SoCal dance community. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I, like, and that's why I don't really know. Cause we, we talk about it a lot, I think between me and my friends at least about why is it like that? And yeah, so I guess I, I think my, my personal thing of why I think it is, is that people that dance in the Bay area do it as a fun hobby and gotcha. a lot of them have the other things that they do in their lives. And so it's kind of like you meet twice a week for rehearsal at night to dance and that's what you like to do, but that's about it. So you're not going to invest a lot of extra time into like trying to intermingle with other teams and, and, and this and that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Do you, do you wish it was more like that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Would you ever start that? There was actually a couple of years ago, um, I remember someone started like a Facebook group that connected all like the directors and like the big like kind of big heads of the Bay Area yeah. community to talk about like we see this happening in SoCal so like why don't we do this here <laughs> and it, it it just didn't really gain traction mm-hmm. uh, for whatever reason yeah um, thanks for answering that question Jen so I have question two for you ready here and my question revolves around kind of taking dancing to that next level right uh, and I mm. kind of wanted to get um, your take on that experience like do you have any experience um dancing as a backup for any like professional or as far as professional goes, mm-hmm. um, kind of art performing artists. And then what can, what can you like tell us about those experiences and how they are different from like, you know, dancing locally at like city dance or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, I think that's one of the cool things about being a part of a, of a community is that like opportunities kind of come your way. Right. So I, I've backup danced for like, 
amateur sounds like a like a like an unfair word. I think just like up and coming artists, I guess, mm-hmm. or people that are kind of like working their way up. Right. But yeah, basically like people that aren't like you know celebrity artists, right? Um, yeah, I mean, it's a different experience for sure because you're like sometimes you're getting paid for it, sometimes like but but in general like you're on stage as a backup dancer, so it's a different kind of environment. Yeah. Um, I've done. Let's see. I haven't choreographed. No. Oh, actually, I have. Han and I danced for a, a local artist. We did like this New Year's yeah. like this this singer who I don't think she ever really made a big career. Yeah. Um, but her name was Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> she performed at like the San Francisco New Year's Eve party at Bill Grant or at the uh, uh, City it? Hall. I think City yeah, Hall. Yeah, City Hall. It was like a big performance. Yeah. Um, and I, I forget how I got hired as a choreographer and I was like, not ready to be a choreographer. So like, if we saw that footage, it'd be, you know, I would be no, it was so great. It was great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was, it was like, it, it was really interesting just because, you know, we're performing in front of a, an audience of yeah, people and yeah. like, we're, it's like this singer and we're the backup dancers and stuff like that. How old were you um, at the time? 17. <laughs> well, I guess you could just probably rough like, like twenty, early twenties, like twenty two, okay. twenty three, or oh, something wow. like That's, that. That is yeah. kind of a big yeah, deal. Suddenly, I would think if you know, I got hired at that time. Yeah, and I remember being like, "Oh my god, like, yeah, it, this is it." You yeah. know what I mean? Um, <laughs> we famous now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we did it. But it was. I mean, it's 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 fun. I think there's definitely lo- a bigger level of responsibility, mm-hmm. right? Because on on dance team, it's like you're paying money to be there. Right. Right. And right. like you're like, whether you're competing or not, I don't know. It's, it's, it's more of like a community based type of thing. Yeah. And this was very much more like you're on stage for something. Um, I've, I've technically traveled internationally to backup dance. It was through a whole, like, I don't know. Whenever I tell someone that like, yeah, I backup dance for a singer in China. And everyone's like, wow, it's amazing. And I'm yeah. like, well, you know, it was like, through an organization and it was kind of like a family thing and it was it, it, like there were kind of circumstances to it um regardless you got like you yeah i got i got paid, paid i got flown yeah, out exactly. to That's you know really to awesome. perform and stuff yeah, yeah yeah um and i think it's one of those things where like once you as you're going through and it happens it just kind of feels like it doesn't feel as like wow as like when you say it yeah in within that context right because it just kind of builds to that point um mm. That's interesting. Yeah, and so like when I when I tell myself or when I when I explain it to people, I'm always like, nah, nah, it's not that it's not that serious. Maybe you're just selling yourself short. Maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It could be a weird some of that weird humble slash like I just don't want to like seem braggy or whatever. Um, But no, I mean I I think like there's just more eyes on you, and and there's a little bit more pressure to like you know if you mess up in a performance with with a dance team, like obviously you want to do well, and there and there's you know. You want, yeah, but like you're getting paid for it, yeah. So right. there is that kind of added level of of seriousness, yeah. Right now. No, yeah. So, so one thing I kind of wanted to touch on, especially with this question, because I've never been in that kind of, like you said, environment, right? Mm-hmm. Like, is um, right your your fellow teammates, dance mates, whatever, mm-hmm. in that environment, like how are they different than? you know, like your Funkonometry friends or something like that, right? Mm. Because what I'm imagining in my head is that like when you came up and you were in, you know, college, high school, whatever, and you you did Funkonometry among other teams or whatever else, Mm. you know, it's kind of just you and your homies, you go out on Friday night, have a drink, whatever else. But then when you, when you kind of get into this level of, like you said, getting paid for it, I I would imagine like people there are a little more, 
not full of themselves, but like there's just a different kind of team dynamic. The Hollywood there, kind right? of mentality. Yeah. yeah. And then the other side of that coin is like <clears throat> the, the person directing it too. Like, mm-hmm. did, was that like a little bit different in, in, in comparison to like the local environment? You know, at least as far as my experiences, not really. Oh, really? Okay. I can imagine if I was like signed to an agency in LA and I got a job backup dancing for Justin Timberlake or something like that, mm-hmm. right? That there's like a, there's a, there's a process, there's a procedure and it's very kind of, you know, um, the stuff that I've done, I feel like has been people just reaching out to me or even through like Groove Against the Machine as a dance I've teamed dance with, right? A team I've danced with. And like sometimes the directors would be like, hey, someone approached us with a job. They need three dancers who's interested type of thing. And like it, a lot of it is kind of like almost that tech startup vibe of like we don't have a set procedure for this. And oh, we're just really? people talking and like, hey, we like I'm a singer. I want dancers can you choreograph and dance? Mm-hmm. Yes. How much do you charge? Uh, I don't know, maybe a hundred dollars an hour. And you're like, okay, cool. Right. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of work it out. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very much just like people to people type of thing. Gotcha. Um, so I, yeah, I haven't done full on like, well, I have some experience with commercial work, but yeah, not, not so much in the sense of like, I'm getting paid with a, a, a W4 and like I have, or W9. Sure, sure, W2? sure. W2? W2, yeah, yeah. W7? W2? I don't know. Wait, what, no, what w, w2 would be your tax. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know 401k I mean? like, or something like it was that. More, mean, yeah. more of this kind of like, we'll Venmo you or like cut yeah, you a check sure, versus sure. like it's going to be a legal mm-hmm. kind yeah, of, you know, gotcha. tax yeah. income. Yeah. Yeah, when you said commercial, I thought you said you were about to be, you were in a commercial. <laughs> I have been. Oh shit. Technically. <laughs> <laughs> I've done random work. I was in a commercial for Lenovo at the laptops. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, what else have I done? Oh, I did a little Kickstarter commercial. There were these headphones that someone created that were like these like cat headphones. So these like little cat ears. Yeah. Oh. And they had they were like whatever's. Um, that one. Were was, they? Weren't those like sold at like Brookstone or like whatever? Like, yeah. Now they're, now oh, they're, yeah, now they're, they're actually they sold. Yeah. yeah. It started out as a Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that's right. Oh, okay. That was an interesting experience because it was a bunch of really, really dope freestyle dancers and I am like choreography based. <laughs> sure. So I was like, oh, you want me to freestyle? Yeah, let me just yeah. do a little awkward wave. Am I doing it, guys? Am I doing it? choreograph something beforehand. <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah. Is it music though? If you watch the video, you're like, oh, dope, dope. What? 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 Like, like, what was he doing? Yeah, it was... It was uh... I'll have to look that up after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, since moving back from like, from back to the Bay, from L.A., you know, you've kind of balanced, like, you know, your nine-to-five job while also teaching classes and then even dancing for, like, the Blue Crew for the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. You know, what are, like, some of those bi- biggest challenges of balancing, like, you know, your job, career, and then, you know, your passion and stuff like that? Yeah, totally. Um, it started with work and teaching, right? Which in itself, I teach once a week. Okay. And there are some people that have multiple classes, right? Different students and this and that. Um, even just working a regular nine to five and teaching once a week was like, sometimes I would not have time to choreograph. So I'd be literally like, like writing Bart to work in the morning and oh, like damn. standing in a crowded ass bar train and like choreographing in my head and just being like, all right, I'm going to do a simple ass groove of like, I'm going to fill a whole eight count with one groove and I'll do another one. And, and so that was already a challenge. And then adding in uh, blue crew in 2019 was definitely, I actually stopped teaching for, for a while, oh, okay. be, mostly because it, 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 it conflicted with my teaching schedule, like the oh, rehearsals. Right, yeah. And so that's why I couldn't do it anymore. Um, but I mean, honestly, like as far as the Warriors dance team, like a lot of the majority of the women I'd say on the team have been doing that balance. A lot of them work professional, you know, nine to five jobs hmm. and they dance for the Warriors. Um, some people do come in and like 
you know, dance with the Warriors, pick up a part-time job and just kind of like do the two. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's really interesting trying to do all three. I think it's one of those things where like you see that triangle of like balancing like sleep yeah. work and like friends, oh, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? And like, and like, how do you do that? Yeah. So I mostly just sacrifice sleep <laughs> like, when, when it comes down to it. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I love to do it. Right. Yeah. Like, cause I had a conversation with someone recently where, where we were talking and I, and I was like, actually, yeah, I technically have three jobs. Mm-hmm. Right. But it doesn't really, I mean, it's unfair to say, cause I know people that are struggling that literally have to work like eight hours here and then go work eight hours at a, at a fast food restaurant. Like I have like yeah. quote unquote Job real jobs. jobs. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to me, the Warriors thing, yeah, it's a job and get paid for it, but I love to do it, you know, yeah, yeah. so it doesn't feel like work. It's yeah. more so just a time commitment, I think. Right. Um, and and it, I, I got to ask, I mean, yeah. when, you're, when you're at, like when you're doing performances for the Blue Crew or you're recording stuff like that, it doesn't, I mean, does it feel like work or does it, it, does, it yeah. doesn't feel like fun? Nah, not, it right. doesn't feel like work. I think it's more, yeah, just like the, the recognition of like, I'm tired. Yeah, right. I just got off of uh, a night, like my regular day job. It's right. like five thirty. I'm getting off of work. Like, okay, I have like an hour to chill, and, I gotta, and then I got to go head to rehearsal. Right. right. So it's not so much. And once we're there, we're dancing. It's great. I'm having a good time. Right. But it's more so just kind of like I'm tired now. I have like exhaustion. a time yeah. commitment. Right. Yeah. Versus like, oh, I got to go to work. Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, yeah, okay, gotcha, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. That's actually really interesting. Kind of like where like you know sometimes you make plans with your friends and you're like, damn, I'm hella tired. <laughs> I want to see my friends though. You know what I mean? But, yeah. but we're going to arena. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that could yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm starting to see one area where you might be cutting yourself short, and that's like just your capability to learn. Like, yeah. The capability to learn quickly, because like you said, like you know, let's say you have a performance on Friday or whatever, or or even just like a class on Friday, like that time to learn it and then memorize it, and then be able to like tell someone else about it. So yeah. It sounds just like pretty challenging. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. Like, and like, that's and, a lot and, for your memory kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And like in some ways it's a good exercise, right? Because like now I can pick up like, I mean, picking up learning choreography is one thing, but also like watching a video, like when it comes to K-pop, right? Like watching a video and like trying to like pull it and like, and learn it without having someone teach you the movement. Sure. Like I can probably watch a, 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 a video and like learn the choreo in like less than an hour. Yeah. yeah. Which sounds crazy, but if you look up like Galen Hooks, who's like a really dope dancer and choreographer, she kind of did this thing during quarantine where she would basically, I think maybe like five, 10, like 15 minutes mm-hmm. and like watch a video and like do the choreography. Like yeah, there's people that are very talented in that, mm-hmm. um, but it was a good exercise in some ways. But at the same time, like, yeah, like I'm not doing my students a service, right? If yeah. I barely know the choreography, like, cause I've definitely been in class and yeah. had to like pull up the YouTube video and like, let me just double check what that move is just to make it. sure it's right, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel bad because I'm like, dude, they're coming here, they're paying to learn. It's yeah. like, you know what I mean? So like, yeah, I want to do them the the, the justice of, of of having a complete, you know, proper class. Yeah. That's all that was also part of my decision of like not teaching yeah. while I was when I when I first started doing mm-hmm. Blue Crew, just because Han and Doug, if you were taking a dance class and somebody pulled up the YouTube video right in front of you, to- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, how, how would you guys feel? <laughs> I mean, like personally, I'd probably be okay. No, I, I'm just happy to be out there, kind of thing. Yeah, I would be fine with it. Yeah, yeah. I'd be fine with it. You guys just being nice. Let's be real. <laughs> no, and I would be like, I just want to make sure it's the right count. Or, <laughs> but know, I want to, I want to be sure it's the right details in my head. I'm like, I don't even know what the move is supposed to be. Right yeah. now. Like, <laughs> yeah, I vaguely remember. No, I mean, my initial reaction would probably be like, what the fuck. But right. at the same time, I'm like, you know, we're all human. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I think personally at that level too, 
like, or at least in my head, that's not, not exactly like beginner, beginner level, but somewhere in between like beginner mm-hmm. and in, intermediate level at that level. If you're taking like a, a, a quote unquote break to like, look at the videos or whatever in my head, like I'm already like looking at the mirror just practicing what we already learned up right, to that right, point anyway. Ass, you know what I mean? Student. So I feel like it's, <laughs> not, it's not too big. It's not that yeah, big. That, that is, that is like the sign of a good student. <laughs> <laughs> the people who just stand there and stare at me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, skip the ass, skip the ass, skip the ass. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and it's, it's funny cause it's like, you know, you, you try to balance it yeah. right between like seeming like you know what you're doing and just kind of like keeping it real and just being like look y'all like I and, and, and it got to a point with me where I had regular students every week yeah and so I could be a little more candid and be like listen like I walked into class legit and been like listen I'm, no, I'm hungover today <laughs> oh my god no, no I'm, I'm 100% I, I like I taught a weekend class once and I was just like Jin is hungover today y'all so we're gonna take it easy like yeah. you know and, and, and like obviously not gonna do it all the time but when you're you know when you have the same regular people I'd be like can I get a refund <laughs> yeah that's the nice thing of, of, a, of a community right yeah, like, right. like yeah we talked sure. about like a dance team community but even when it comes to like people that pay and take class oh. like there's regular students that we see at the studio all the time like maybe not even my students but they take other people's classes and like you know there is a community within just students yeah so sure. like, you kind of hit a point where you can be like like I, I kick it and hang out with my students and stuff. It's you know? awesome. It's really yeah, awesome. it's pretty dope because I feel like that's kind of like, I mean, it's not really like mentorship ish, but then it's like, I don't know. I feel like in some ways, yeah, yeah no, like yeah, some yeah. of the students who are like younger, then you know they end up just like, like oh, like you know, Jin is kind of like that, like mm-hmm. mentor person I can come to. Yeah, yeah, person I can come to. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah he's yeah. like a trusted like person that I can come to and like. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, yeah. And I mean, you know, like, like I love talking about dance, right? So, and like when, when you pay for a class and you're there for an hour, an hour and a half, whatever it is, like I'm teaching movement and choreography, right? And like I talk a lot in my class for sure, but I don't have a chance to necessarily like talk theory in mm-hmm. some ways, right? And so like if we can hang out after class and have a drink and sit down at the bar and like they can ask me questions of like, hey, I feel like I'm not growing enough. Like what can I do, right? And I can kind of talk about just dance and how I've learned and this and that and we can have like a more of a kind of I guess intellectual conversation but <laughs> yeah. like yeah more of like a I don't know just a yeah, dance theory in some yeah. ways yeah. I mean, philosophy yeah. yeah philosophy absolutely yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah cool so um I'm gonna deviate a little bit and I'm gonna talk speci- I wanna talk specifically to the audition process, right? Ooh, and, ever, yeah. and all the experience that you have around auditioning, right? And mm-hmm. so in my mind, at least, because I, I don't talk to you about this all the time, in mm-hmm. my mind, right, Jin has auditioned countless times for like dance companies, dance teams, mm-hmm. sports teams, professional artists, whatever else, you know, could mm-hmm. be whatever, Disneyland. <laughs> in your experience, right, speaking to your stories, how much of making the audition selection, right, being accepted by the audition comes down to your technical dance skill versus something like your appearance or the way you look? Ooh, it's a good question. I think it, it, it totally depends on the environment, right? Sure. So dancing for a local team versus, or auditioning to backup dance for someone or get casted for like a, a, a movie or TV show or whatever, yeah. mm-hmm. down to pro sports, right? I'd say it kind of differs. So like, obviously when we talk about Hollywood, right? And like we're talking about like casting agencies and like, any commercial work, I think. I, so my favorite metaphor is is comparing dance ability to height in basketball, right? Okay. Where like, yeah, 
You pounds. probably need to be at least six feet tall, sure, sure. right? But once you hit seven, eight feet, that doesn't necessarily make you a better basketball player, yeah. right? And you're not going to get picked just because you're nine feet tall, yeah. mm-hmm. right? So, like, there are amazing dancers that might not get cast or might not get jobs in LA, right? So, like, the dance level is a minimum, I think. I think there's a minimum requirement. And then, yes, appearance is an important thing. When we talk about LA, like, they literally will, some jobs will have, like, you know, we need, like, three Asian dudes, two white dudes, four black guys. Like, you know what I mean? And, like, they're yeah. very, because diversity is, like, a big thing that's been included now yeah. in Hollywood, right? So they have very specific um, requirements, which, for some people, if you look like a run-of-the-mill white guy or Asian guy, like, you might not get roles. Versus I have friends that, like, look racially ambiguous. Yeah. So I have a one homegirl in LA that's, like, been cast as uh, a Latinx woman or an Asian woman mm-hmm. or a white woman because she's like a little racially ambiguous and they're kind of like, ah, you fit the bill, right? Uh-huh. Um, close enough. Right, yeah, <laughs> close enough. Right, which is really interesting. Versus when you come down to pro dance, like you think that appearance is super important. It's really not. I mean, I think your dance ability is really what, what gets you in. Like yeah. they don't really distinguish based on like whether you're good looking or you're like skinny or whatever it is. Like that's not necessarily important it really is your dance ability yeah. because then you make the team and then there's like this and that but they don't have like a height or a weight requirement right like that's right, not a thing right. um, and then I think local team dance then is is probably the, the most open just as far as like I've, I feel like part of them right like we obviously wanted great dancers right. but we would take people who we felt like would you know had potential or mm-hmm. like you know right. could kind of like foster into a community versus like that's why the distinction I'd say between pro dance and like community teams because it's like community team, you may not be the best best dancer, but we'll still take you if you feel like you know we can get you there. But pro dance, you're getting paid. It's it's a job still, yeah. and so like you still have to be a skilled, talented dancer. You know what right, I mean? right. Um, but yeah, I'd probably say like if we were to break it down, I think Hollywood and all that kind of stuff, your appearance is probably going to be more important. And not to say that you have to be necessarily a model. I think it's it comes down to like what they're looking for. Yeah. Right. Right. Do you agree that it should be like that? <sighs> I mean, I get it. Yeah. I mean, I mean I get personally, it. I get it too. Yeah. Specifically, yeah. like when it comes to like the lead singer or whatever else, you can't have hella people like in varying heights next to this guy. Right. Like, we'll, like, right throw right. off the whole image. They're looking I mean? for yeah, exactly. So to an extent, I actually do get it. Like if you have like a female artist that like yeah, like I'm a slave for you or whatever, right? Yeah. And like you have to have a bunch of shirtless dudes. Like they probably have to be all ripped right. and like big buff guys, yeah. right? Like you know what I mean. Um, not to say that like if you're if you're like a bigger person that you can't get work in LA. There's just probably certain jobs that you go for. Yeah, right? yeah. you kind of feel like a niche, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Just I mean, just like actors or like anywhere else, yeah, right? Fair. Like you yeah. know, you kind of you kind of fit a bill that, that you're trying to you're trying to go for. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, at least in LA for sure, I think, I think the dance skill is like, I've, I've, you know, I met people out there that I was, that I saw get jobs and I'm like, I mean, no shade. <laughs> You're like, like, you? Like I met this dude one time who like, he was like, yeah, I just started dancing like a year ago. Cause my friend told me to try it out. But like, he was like signed to an agency and everything. Cause he knew people, you yeah, know what I mean? Okay. Like he, he got the jobs and he was like, not a bad dancer, yeah. but like, like we were learning choreo and he was like, wow, you learned so fast. And I was like, dude, I've been doing this shit for like 10 years. You know what I mean? Like, like dance is my life versus people that can get into the industry if they're good looking and they know people. And yeah. You know what I mean? Right. There's different avenues. Um, but I think then the comparison to pro dance where like you have the people that have been working and working and training and like, you know what I mean? I, I, to me are like amazing, like top tier dancers. Mm. Yeah. So like what advice would you give yourself, your 21 year old self? Oh, 
<laughs> like, or, or I mean, to, you know, to anyone else, that is someone that took your class and stuff like that, who is thinking about a career in dance, mm-hmm. knowing what you know now, like what, what is like the advice you would pass off to them? It's a loaded question. I think <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> Get out. Get out. You're still young. <laughs> Be an accountant. No, I mean, okay. If I were to give advice actually to like my 18 year old self, mm-hmm. I would probably say finish school first. Mm. You know what I mean? Like for me, at least, like I I remember being 18, 19 years old, and like I like loving dance and like feeling like. I'm young and I want to do this before I get old. And like, you know, when you're 18, like 25 sounds hella old, right? Sure. But like, you know, I was 18 and like I dropped out of school and stuff. And then I remember when I turned 21, I was thinking like, I'm seeing all my friends now graduate from college and I'm doing the same dance stuff that I've been doing the past few years. Like I totally could have like focused on school, gotten a degree and then kind of come back to dance. Right. Like, yes, there is a certain age limit at which you probably can't be doing the stuff that you do anymore. But like, yeah, I would, I would probably say, having that backup I think would be nice because I'm trying to go back to school now I think me specifically considering all the stuff I've done and where the world has gone I would probably tell myself go to Korea Mm. get into like the K-pop dance maybe not be like a full on K-pop star (laughs) but like just backup dancing and like getting into that industry because K-pop is huge now right Yeah. every year I look at K-pop and I'm like how is it growing still you know what I mean um which is crazy because even when you were 21, which is like, again, less than 10 years ago, it was not nearly the size of Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, don't know, I felt like it was, well, maybe it was just big. Oh, yeah. I think within Asian communities, I think within, that's the big, within Asian American communities, yeah, with K-pop is huge. But now that it's like literally global. Yeah. Right? yeah. I'm pretty sure like 10 years ago, you were like, hey, like in a couple of years, like a, yeah. a Korean pop artist is going to be the number one artist in okay, the yeah. musical awards. You'd be like, get the fuck out of here. Right, right, right. 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 Butter not held the top chart for the last like five weeks or something like yeah. that. And now it's totally feasible. Like people yeah. aren't, yeah, right. And, and, and you know, we, we, we don't have to go into the whole music episode, but it's just like there's so much more diversity in music yeah. now, too. But mm-hmm. anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you think 18 year old Jin would have listened to you? <laughs> 18 year old Jin ain't listening to nobody! 18 year old Jin. This is me from the future. <laughs> Fuck out of here. If it was future Jin talking to him, maybe. Yeah. If it was anybody else, hell no. I would do what I want. Um, but no, yeah, I think, I think that, that, that's a really good question. I'd, I'd say I'm honestly happy with where I've progressed because like so many of these things have come up unexpectedly, yeah. honestly, right? Like I remember when the Blue Crew auditions came out a couple years ago, I forget, I think maybe Han sent it to me or, or, or someone, but it was like dance for the warriors. And it seems so surreal that I was like, at first I kind of dismissed it. You know what I mean? And like last minute I decided to sign up and do it. And I was like, oh my God, it's dancing for the warriors, right? Yeah. Like, holy crap. So, I mean, like, yeah, like, like things have kind of fallen into place in, yeah. in some ways. So, like, I think my only advice would be, to myself at least, would have been just kind of, like, if not go to Korea and, like, capitalize on it because it's become, going to become a big thing, um, would just kind of be, like, yeah, just, just like, have your backup plan. Mm. But, like, I'm happy with where I've come. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you would ask about uh, advice for someone else or... So, so there was someone, like, new to dance... Or, mm. you know, someone more like me, who's, like, way more uncoordinated. <laughs> <laughs> and they wanted to get into dance. And, you know, like, what was, like, the biggest advice that, you, like, you got or, like, the mindset change mm. that kind of just, like, you know, helped you just, like, yeah. Like, yeah. That helped you the most. Um, I, I'd say it would depend on whether you want to do it to find a career in dance. Like, I want to actually get jobs as a dancer or, like, someone who just wants to dance right because yeah. I have plenty of people that tell me like oh I can't dance I hear that all the time right like I can't dance which like 
yes, not everyone is cut out to be a paid professional dancer. And I like, but I still do believe in the very cheesy concept of like everyone can dance, right? Like literally like tapping your foot or like bobbing your head to a song is dancing. You know what I'm saying? Or like, I know everybody when they're home alone and no one's watching will, will move around their house like an idiot and like dance and like have a good time, right? When they listen to music. Mm-hmm. And so like, I strongly believe that yes, everyone can dance. Like if there, there are videos of me on YouTube when I first started dancing. <laughs> And it's it's not it's not great. It's not you know great. what I mean. Um, but yeah, and so like I I still don't consider myself a natural dancer. Yeah, honestly, like I I look at my friends and people that dance and like you know I see some people that just just hear music and just can move and like for me I feel like just with all the work that I put in I can quote unquote freestyle but I don't call myself freestyle by any means. Yeah, right? like I like and that's kind of something that that's a personal thing like. I used to play in jazz, right? Like I played bass in a jazz band in school. I was great at playing music, but once you asked me to improvise, I, I it, was, it, was, it, was, it was a mess. You know what yeah. I mean? So I've always had trouble like, like improvising and freestyling on the spot. Yeah. But like, if you give me something to practice and learn, then I'll get it down. Yeah. Right. Same with martial arts. Yeah. We did Taekwondo when we were kids. I got, I got gold in f- doing forms mm-hmm. and, and repeated movement, but like I got my ass kicked in sparring every time, right? Like I just could not move quick on my feet, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, yeah, I think for me personally, I don't consider myself like a natural dancer necessarily. Yeah. I just put a lot of work into it. So I always tell people like, if you want to try dancing, just do it, right? The most important thing is enjoying it. Yeah. It should feel good, mm-hmm. right? Like. Cause I know the feeling of, of learning choreography and being like, yeah, this is fun. I'm killing it. And I watched the video and I'm like, Oh my God, it's so bad, you know? <laughs> but like, but there is that inner feeling of like your brain catches it before your body does. Yeah. Right. I think when you take a dance class, like I'm explaining it and you understand what you're supposed to be doing, but you just can't get your body to actually do that. You know what I mean? And that's, that's the process and that's, that's the work and everything like yeah. that. But yeah, I always tell people like, are you having fun? then you're dancing, then, then do it. You know yeah. what I mean? There's nothing else besides that, right? right? The other side of it is if we're talking about, I want to become a professional dancer and I want to get paid for it and I want to like get jobs and stuff yeah, like yeah. that, then then yeah, you got to put, it's just work yeah. at the end mm-hmm. of the day. It's training, right? Yeah. It's take class, take class, audition for stuff. Even if you don't feel like you're ready, just do it. Yeah. Understand the experience and like keep training and growing. Yeah. yeah. But for me, like when, when I teach, right, like what I really try to drill into people is a couple things. One is like have fun, period, right? Like you're literally paying money to be here, right? So take full advantage of it. You know what I mean? Like take what you want out of the experience. Second is to basically don't feel like you have to walk out of a dance class getting it. Yeah, yeah, that makes yeah. sense, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like I always say that like your goal out of a dance class should be to know the choreography. Mm-hmm. Even if you literally can't do it at all, you should be able to walk through it yourself, right? Say first, it's a step here, and then step in my right foot, and my arm goes here. Like, be able to move through it. Yeah, and then you build up the speed and the actual hitting the pictures and making it look good or whatever it is. Oh. But like, you know, if because the thing about it, right, if you take a class. And you're just killing it by the end of it. And like you get select group and like they videotape you and like you get posted on the Instagram and whatever. But like if you're able to do that by the end of the class, it's too easy. Yeah. Right. right? Cause you oh, just learn it all. Time. Time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like you should feel it's, it's tough, but you should leave class a little bit frustrated, a little bit kind of like, oh. damn, I couldn't get it. You know what I mean? Like, you should really know good. the movie. Yeah. That is really good. Um, and perfect example is I was in LA this past week 
and I took a couple classes, and I was like, I suck at dancing, dude. Like, <laughs> you know, like people in LA, are like, yeah, like they're they're training hard, and they're serious about it. But like, I walked out of a class legit being like, I was like, kind of like upset, you know what I mean? Like, because I was just like, damn, like I'm, I think I'm a good dancer. Like, I've been doing this for a while, you know what I mean? But I literally walked out being like, dude, like, yeah, I know the steps, but like, I just felt like I just couldn't get it. Yeah. But it's motivation for me to like then work on it and yeah, like yeah, practice sure, it and yeah. get to that level. So that's number two for sure. Is is just like you know challenge yourself a little bit right I like that um and and lastly i think is just that like overall to, to your point about like people that just feel like they're not getting it or, or or whatever it may be is that like another metaphor that i could use is that dance is essentially a language yeah mm-hmm. right and so the more you take class you're you're learning movements and you're starting to see repetition in movements right like hip-hop is is a little bit more of a free kind of open dance style like ballet or modern like or or, or more, more classical styles there's terminology right if you if you tell someone to do a coupe and then an arabesque and turn it into a whatever like they'll be able to do a whole combo without seeing anything yeah right i could just say do this do this do this move yeah and they can put together a combo in hip-hop when you learn it's literally like you're gonna put your right hand on your left shoulder and then you're gonna slide it down like you kind of just describe the movement Mm. and yeah there are classical hip-hop movements like if i say the charleston like that's a dance move that you incorporate right but like when you take a dance hip-hop class it really is just like just kind of copying the choreographer and so like you start to learn certain movement right so i always say dance is a language you take class you expand your vocabulary the more you take class, then like you'll start to see movement. You're like, oh, I know this move, right? Mm. So then you don't spend time worrying about how and figuring out how to do it, and then you can focus on other things like your textures or your time or like musicality or whatever it is. So like the more and more you expand your vocabulary, the less time you spend on like how do I do this move? Uh, yeah. And then you yeah. can focus on like how do I make this move look dope? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or like what choices can I make within mm. this to like change it up and make it look cool, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's no easy answer for that. It really is like, there's all these things to be mindful of and to think about, but I always, at the end of the day, I say like, it, it's just putting in the work. Yeah. And it's just taking class, you know? Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. And thank you so much for sharing just so much of like your experience and what it's been like through dance. I get to know you a little bit more uh, before we hop into the second section, which will be a little more meta, but thank you again, dude, for just sharing all of your stories. Yeah. I love this. I mean, and one thing I do want to say is that like, we've talked about different dance communities and what it's like to this and that. Like these are my personal experiences, right? Even within the Bay area, like I have not been as involved in the Bay area dance community as some other people are. There are a lot of people that travel around, take class everywhere, like support the communities and stuff like that. So I don't want to make it sound like we're like these totally isolated things. Like this is me as someone who's danced for two, three teams in the Mm -hmm. Bay area out of like, I don't even know how many yeah. that, that have been around, right? right. And so, um, yeah, you know, it, it, take everything with a grain of salt. For sure. Type of thing. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I love talking about dance. It's Hell a yeah. huge part of my life. So, oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. And, and again, even if it is just your perspective, I think it's it's, interesting. it's an interesting one for sure. I could, mm-hmm. I could say for all of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So with that, we're going to get into our bad break. All right, cool. So bad break. It's actually a question. Real quick, just first thing that comes to your mind, Jen. Where do you think is the oldest ballet company in America? Ooh, in America. Yes. So like not Russia. <laughs> no, no, not Russia. <laughs> yeah. um, first, first thing that comes to your head. That's probably gonna be wrong, but New York. 
Yeah. Good guess. That's my that was my guess too. It's actually San Francisco. San Francisco. Oh. San Francisco Ballet is the oldest professional ballet company in America. William Christensen, its artistic director in 1940, was actually the first person to stage a full-length production of uh, Coppelia, Swan Lake, and the Nutcracker in the late 30s to early 40s. Wow. Yeah. So, who knew? San Francisco is the oldest ballet company in the world. Yeah. I know. Not in the world. In America. In America. In America. <laughs> in America. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we invented it before Russia did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And we'll be right back. So welcome back from the bad break. We're gonna get into part two, which is I'd love to get your perspective on yeah. some of the things that we've seen more in like society around dance. Like, mm. I mean, definitely we wanna talk a little bit about the Bay Area community as a whole, but also around society too. So let's yeah. just hop into it. Yeah. One question I specifically had was, you know, we talked in a previous episode about how music in the Bay is very different, right? I would say than pretty much anywhere else. Mm -hmm. You have like the hyphy movement and like the sound itself is very different. So. Do you feel like in your experience is actually a very specific barrier dance style as well? Yeah, 100%. Um, turf dancing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So turfing, I need to be careful here because I think it's important to give credit and, and this and that. I honestly don't know the history of mm -hmm. turfing. I should probably know this, but I'm going to be honest, I don't. Yeah. Um, to my understanding, turfing stands for taking up room on the floor floor dance oh. floor oh that's uh, sick yeah. i had no idea that's what that meant. um and it's a dance style that 100 percent originated out of oakland california yeah it's like oh, a I mix of yeah yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a mix of like popping tutting gliding boogaloo but i feel like the bay area dance style is very similar to like the just bay identity right yeah. like yeah it's cool it's dance it's hip-hop but like there's a lot of silliness to it yeah. like 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 catting off and like just kind of like I don't know like like messing around right like mm. I think true turf dancers are like really dope and I've seen them just kind of freestyle and mm. like there's technique and everything like that but there's also a lot of just kind of like fucking around and being silly yeah. you know what I mean and like just having fun yeah um just not taking things too seriously versus yeah. like I think if you get somewhere like LA where it's 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 like a, it's a professional it's a mm -hmm. job and it's very much about like the show of it mm -hmm. and and so um yeah there's a lot more history to turf dance I would definitely say do your research, mm -hmm. look it up. I can't speak too much on it, honestly. Right. But yeah, that that's if you want to like kind of pinpoint one down. And like as far as like dance moves, right? Like the shmees is one yeah, thing yeah, that yeah, has right. permeated through. Like I think the the first time we saw it in in a, like pop, American pop music was uh was, was that Bruno Mars Cardi B song? Oh, finesse, finesse. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, they, yeah. they they hit the shmees in that in yeah. that music video. I've seen the shmees in K-pop dance choreo and stuff so and it's weird. kind of it's kind of just been out there but right. that is originated from Oakland, California that's super cool oh, and yeah. it's, it's crazy to hear just like that that the style emulates the culture mm -hmm. almost right mm -hmm. and like in that sense yeah. and so it's really cool to that like like not taking it too seriously when you said being silly I was, I was, I immediately I just heard E40 like go doo doo dumb right like yeah. literally yeah. it's just the same sort of like vibe I guess mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and so with that and as someone who's danced mostly in the barrier but also down in LA do you feel like it's affected your style of dance as well like not taking it too seriously or, you know, or, or do you feel like, you know, maybe your style is a little bit different? Mm, that's a good question. Yeah, no, I, I would say yes, as far as has it affected my style. I right. think, I think, you know, Funkonometry SF was, was like my home base, right? right. So that's where I, I, I trained mostly and learned right. a lot. There's different styles within the Bay Area, within the hip, com hip hop community. But um, yeah, I think when I went to LA is when I realized 
how much people are so showy about their dance. Right. I think in the Bay, it's it's very much about, like that's why I grew up, is like how, how you feel when you're dancing. And right. like, you should feel good within your body and right. like you're dancing mostly for yourself. Right. Versus you go to LA and like it's so much about Look at me. Being, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, like, like, for instance, you take class here in the, in the, in the Bay Area, and, like, once the choreo ends, and, and they, like, you know, people will freestyle a little bit and kind of keep dancing, but then uh, you kind of walk off, right? right? L.A., unless you kill the music, people will freestyle and continue <laughs> dancing, like, 12 eight counts past the choreography. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, like, yeah. it's like, we get it. Dance, you're great, whatever. But it's so much more. I'm like, someone kill the music because I want to go now, you know? So, yeah, it's a little different. Yeah, Yeah. cool. So, I want to keep building on this motif of the bay um, that we've been talking about. And specifically, one thing I touched on in a previous episode is that the bay has changed a lot, certainly Mm. from like the time when you started dancing to now, Mm. right? Tech boom, gentrification, wildfires. Even the demographic of people yep. who live here, Ooh, right, yeah. has changed in, in since your, your days in Funksters. Do you feel like the dance community has changed with it? Whether it be resources, studios, teachers, teams, competitions, I mean... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. First and foremost, the very first place I ever took class, the home base of City Dance Studios, is gone now. Okay. It is literally a high-rise apartment building. Quick question before you go on. Why, why is it gone? Because it got bought out. Got bought out. The building okay. got bought out. Okay. They built fancy apartments, luxury apartments. Yeah. And now it was like, it was this little like, it's kind of sketchy. You walk down like a small little alleyway yeah. on like, it was, it was like literally like Mission and, and Van Ness, right? right? And you like, kind of went off there and it was like homeless people around and people that were new to it got scared walking in, you know what I mean? But it was like, it was such an SF place. Yeah. yeah. And it's literally just like a luxury apartment now, right? And so that definitely is, is a, a, you know, a, an effect of gentrification. Yeah. Um, I haven't been a part of the team dance community for quite a few years now, okay. so I probably can't speak too much to that, but like, you know, just like anything does, like new names have popped up here and there and like it's, it's, I haven't really kept up with it, but yeah, I mean, things have grown and developed, I think as far as resources. So actually with the tech boom and, and all of these big companies being in the Bay Area, a large population of my students every week are Canadian. Really? Oh, what? So shout out to Waterloo University in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> um, apparently, they have kind of one of like kind of like an exchange program type of deal uh-huh. with San Francisco. So a lot of students uh-huh. from Waterloo University have come to San Francisco for a summer or whatever for internships within like the tech you know companies, um, and a lot of them have either like come back after they graduate or whatever it is, but like. There's this little community of like Canadian Asians that like <laughs> love K-pop and take my class and hey. somehow like I, you know what I mean and like it was just really I, I swear like every other like for a, for a while every other person I talked to was like oh yeah I'm from I'm, I'm Waterloo okay okay so you know this person that person like yeah and I, that probably would never would have happened without all the tech yeah you know right. being without in the, the Bay draw area. to the Bay yeah exactly oh that's exactly. really cool that's yeah. really cool I want to follow up with a quick question you mentioned how City Dance is gone now. It's high-rise buildings. And, I, you know, me, I wanted to say me, Doug, and Han all have memories at that dance studio, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a really great school. Could you speak to any studios that have, like, come up in the last couple years that, like, weren't there when you first started? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Full Out Studios out in Oakland, California. They, you know, the owners have been a part of our community for a long time. And I think they kind of saw a need. They're, you know, we have In The Groove Studios out in Oakland as well. And they've been around for over a decade. Let's see. Full Out popped up. I think Ray Studios... RAE. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think of any other newer. There are a couple small studios here and there. Yeah. Maybe ones that I'm not aware of. 
You know, so we, we lost that location with Sea of Dance, but there were other locations. So the, the company, as far as Sea of Dance, has, has, you know, kind of stayed strong. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just like an iconic building, I think, for a lot. Like, like yeah, like the fact that you guys have taken class there as well, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? So it's not like we lost it, but sure. but it definitely was something about that space, like, you know, over 10 years ago, right? right. That, that, that I've been dancing there for so long, and I came back to teach at, and, right. and now that it's gone, it's kind of like a little part of, like, the, the, the dance community history that's gone now yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Sure. So like out, outside of like that that group of like canadians mm. is like has the demographic like maybe it was like back like 10 years ago it was like a bunch of kids from the bay and then like right i don't know maybe now it's like you know a bunch of dudes like tech professionals yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Right, right that's a good question actually um you know i probably wasn't aware enough when i at least when <laughs> i was when i was young like i was like a high school yeah, kid yeah, right, right taking class and like kind of seeing but I do, I would say majority of, and at least, and like my class, like I teach K-pop, right? Which is okay, such yeah, a yeah. niche, uh, I don't know, it's, 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 it's such a specific population yeah, of people. Yeah, yeah. Um, but my class specifically is majority young professionals, probably wow. mostly in tech, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I have some, I've had like middle school, high school kids and stuff that take my class too, but I would say mostly like mid-twenties young professionals gotcha. yeah. yeah who are trying dance for the first time yeah, or somewhere yeah. around there yeah right. yeah and so with the rise of TikTok ah <laughs> I mean I, I had to because like I, no, it's, it's, it's huge now yeah absolutely yeah. do you think with the rise of TikTok and like a lot of those um, you know like viral dances and stuff mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. do you think like it was like a positive or negative force for like dance in general and like and why you know, I'll actually take it back to YouTube mm. because sadly we all existed before YouTube. <laughs> <Talk> right? about- <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Doug's Gen Z. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember when when YouTube first like once they got past like two forty p videos, you know what I mean? <laughs> like there was this whole thing of people learning dance through YouTube. Right. And I remember a lot of people in the community were like, "This is terrible." YouTube is awful. Do not learn dance through YouTube. You have to be in the studio to learn, right? Which I understand because learning dance is more than just pictures and movement. There's there's a history. There's a culture. There's there's so much more that you gain from taking a dance class beyond just a couple of eight counts of movement, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I get it, but at the same time, accessibility and 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 getting people into the world of dance, right? And like I think it's a great thing if people find something they love to do and they they start to dance. And so. TikTok to me kind of feels the same where there's like, yes, a lot of us are like, if you're well, a quote unquote TikTok dancer, like I hate you. you <laughs> but at the same time, it's kind of like, like, so like, I think 2020 was the big turning point for me with like TikTok blew up because everyone was at home, right? Yeah. Quarantined. And like, like at first everyone's like, oh, all these people think they're dancers, but they're not dancers. And like, yeah, they're not classically trained or whatever it may be, but like it's, they're dancing. It makes them happy. Right. Yeah. And like, we can't gatekeep and be like, unless you've, gone through all the work that I have you're not a true dancer I just think that like with anything you have to have respect for the history and the culture yeah at the end of the day right so like yes you can copy dances and there's probably a lot of very talented people who have an affinity for dance that started dancing because of TikTok and they maybe got famous for it but they don't have training right and we can say that like oh this and that but like yeah like they're doing it they're having fun they're getting the recognition but again I think like they have to understand the history and the culture to it. And there's a lot of people that probably are trained in all of that and have all of that knowledge that could very well be TikTok famous, but choose not to because of other reasons, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, it's almost like a weird 
appropriation of the culture in some weird ways, right? Like, yeah. it's probably not the best word choice, but something along those lines. No, yeah. totally. Actually, it's really funny that you say that, because that's literally what we came up with in our episode, right? Which was, like, as long as you honor where, like, it came from and, yeah. and pay respects to, like, the origins of it, then it that's less appropriated, right? Than it is right. versus kind of the latter piece. Yeah. And I, 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 I've been a huge fan of you guys, but I've listened to every episode. So <laughs> and that was a great discussion on appropriation, right? And I think my two cents on that was that, like, you know, the big the big issue with appropriation is the fact that, like, like we talk about black culture and appropriation is that, like, we, you guys talk about, like, like, you know, basically something that people within that culture get punished for right. that other people then profit off of. Yeah. Right? Oh. That's another thing. So, like, if you talk about, like, like hair is a perfect example, right? Where, like, black people have been discriminated against saying that you can't have certain hairstyles. It's mm-hmm. not unprofessional. Mm-hmm. But then, like, a like a white dude comes in with cornrows and everyone's like, oh, wow, it looks so cool. You know what I mean? Uh, but it's like, you literally, like, I couldn't get a job because I have cornrows. But right, this yeah. dude comes in and like, oh, wow, a nice vacation haircut. You know what I mean? Right, like, yeah, yeah. like, that's that level of appropriation where, like, it's someone profiting off of something that, like, the people of that culture, like, literally, like, are, are chastised for, uh, right? Yeah. Super interesting. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna, just going to say, I will say, that I, this is something I haven't really thought about until this discussion that we've had on TikTok, which was one thing I will kind of commend TikTok for is that it kind of uh, lowers, like, the biggest hump of getting into dancing, mm-hmm. which is, right, mm-hmm. like, people putting themselves out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the, like you said, like, people are saying, like, oh, I can't dance, I can't do this and that, but TikTok is really like, oh, I want to, like, do what everyone else is doing, and they're, like, putting themselves out there for everyone to see, which is, like, n- perhaps not something they would have done without TikTok. 100%. 100%. Yeah, the idea of these dance challenges that right. come out, right? right. Like, we're, like, yeah, someone like me who's, like, a trained dancer, I'm, like, it's not a challenge, it's just, it's choreography it's easy yeah. you know but for someone who's never danced before to like have fun with it and yeah. like try it out like yeah, yeah that's awesome you, know yeah. I mean? you get the you get the exposure you can try yeah. it out mm-hmm. you know yeah i like that a lot yeah i mean then do you th- do you think at some point like the history and like all that mm-hmm. like you know the prior knowledge do you think a lot of that just ends up getting lost in it i hope not mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah. like i like even before we talk about tiktok there's people in the dance community where if you ask them like where's hip-hop born like, if you don't know Bronx, New York, right, then, like, and, and there's plenty of people that don't know that, yeah. right? And so, like, I think there's this, there's always kind of this big debate within the dance community, I think, between, like, freestyle dancers and choreography dancers. Um, and a lot of people that freestyle tend to be trained in, like, the, 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 the hip-hop styles and, like, kind of know a bit more of the history. And I think that's where their beef comes with choreography dancers of, like, feeling like they don't have respect for that and understanding of where these movements come from. Right. But, yeah, no, I mean, I think... Just like anything else, if the more mainstream it becomes and the more like everyone's like, yeah, I dance too, right? Like yeah, without yeah. appreciating the history, I'm sure there's going to be some loss of that of that understanding. Like I think you guys mentioned it once about that that Netflix show, The Get Down. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I think that was like an like if you have any interest in hip hop at all, right? Like that's such an amazing show to watch because yeah. it talks about the four elements of hip hop, right? Like, like emceeing, DJing, b-boying and graffiti. Right. Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah. and, and they literally touch on every single one of those. And they kind of talk about how hip hop was born. Yeah. But yeah, it's just kind of like, cause I, I was thinking about this question when, when you know, Hans and I was reading kind of through them and like, even with, if you think about like a, like a, any education or any kind of like scholarly major, yeah. right? Like to become a PhD or whatever, you have to know the history and you yeah. learn about the basis of it. And from the very beginning. And so like, why is it any different for, for art? Right. Mm. right? Like uh, good point. That's any, good. any famous yeah. painter should probably know who Van Gogh and Picasso are. Right. Yeah, right and like, right. And, and, and the history of it. And so like dance has become so mainstream accessible 
but you have to know the history and then the basis of where it comes from, you know? Almost to bring it back to the same thing you were saying earlier, just like, not, not, not to bring it to the appropriation of black culture, like people getting arrested for it, but like mm-hmm. people used to get like, again, not arrested for dancing, but like, I mean, yeah, but, I mean yeah, probably but actually, has, yeah. yeah. Like, like for, but like graffitiing and, and, and like freestyling and all that stuff, it's like something that was like very underground, very like almost hard to find. Mm-hmm. And that was something that was, again, like would commercialize. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, to a degree now where it's like, it's so much more available. But you have to understand like, some people used to get arrested for this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it used to be like, hard to find these communities so the fact that it's so accessible like almost be thankful kind of thing maybe that's just me being like old now and just saying like hey no, yeah. it's available but absolutely like you know we didn't have the same kind of resources when we were younger as well so yeah yeah, yeah 100% and I think again like it's not just dance it's literally anything in the world right yeah. like if you're going to proclaim it as your own mm-hmm. you better be able to talk about the history yeah. And, yeah. And, and know where it comes from you know what I mean hell yeah yeah, yeah so I'm gonna keep rolling with the trends right we talked a little bit about TikTok Mm-hmm. Um, now I want to talk about K-pop, right? K-pop uh, has K-pop. certainly, certainly had an influence on the dance world, right? With groups like BTS really breaking into the Western mainstream media in the last mm-hmm. couple of years, right? Almost every hit from a lot of these groups, not even just BTS, but from a lot of these groups, has a specific dance that goes along with it, right? I'm right. going to keep rolling with BTS just because I know it a little better, but BTS's Butter and Dynamite are like perfect examples, right? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like K-pop has gotten more people into discovering dance? Or would you say it's just kind of another level of like, I just want to get into dancing because like my K-pop idols are doing it. Hmm. You know, so that's something that I struggle a little bit with, I think personally, is that like, I recognize the fact that if I'm, if I'm advertising a K-pop class, that quote unquote real dancers or people that are trained in hip hop or whatever are not going to take the class. Right. Mm-hmm. Majority of people that take my dance class are people that love K-pop. The ones that stick around and my regulars and the people that I've gotten like kind of built relationships with are those that love K-pop but also love dancing and kind of like have found the intersection. I see a lot of people that show up to a K-pop class just because they love K-pop and they think it'll be cool to do it. Like I want to look like the idols and this and that. And then they realize <laughs> an hour and a half in a studio is not going to all of a sudden make me look like the K-pop <laughs> idols. You know what I mean? Like, not going to be gin. Like, yeah. like, it blows my mind that people think that they can just show up to a dance class and within the hour and a half they'll just magically be able to dance, yeah. right? So you have yeah. to put the effort in, you have to yeah. train, you have to learn. But K-pop is such an interesting place because like, there's no such thing as K-pop dance. If you take a K-pop dance class, the dance that you see in K-pop videos is heavily hip-hop. Yeah. Right. Uh, um, maybe some jazz, jazz funk. Mm-hmm. I've seen some, like, contemporary stuff. I've seen some videos that have that right. and, and, you know, this and that. But, like, it pulls from actual dance. There's no K-pop dance style. Oh, right? interesting. Right? Yeah. Like, if anything, I guess it would take all of those and it's very showy and it's very kind of, like, you know, you see how the K-pop videos are and stuff like that, right? right? Mm-hmm. But, um, but, yeah, there's no such thing as a K-pop dance style. Yeah. Right. right. It, it's it's again mainly hip hop, mix of jazz and this and that. And so yeah, I I for me personally the 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 K pop class that I because I kind of initially wanted to teach hip hop, I tend to avoid teaching stuff like butter or like the beat. Like I don't I rarely teach BTS right mm-hmm. because I will scavenge YouTube to find the most obscure K pop groups because I look at the choreography. Purely just the movement. And I'm like, oh, I see a lot of hip-hop elements in there. Okay, I'm going to teach that. Oh, you know interesting. I mean? Very cool. Because I have movement to teach. And I can explain, like, this is... Like, I've used... I've talked about Charleston already. But, like, that's something you see a lot, right? right. Or, like, I see them doing the Dougie. I've seen I've seen Light Feet in mm-hmm. K-pop choreo, mm-hmm. which is a New York-based dance style, right? And, like, it blew my mind. Because I was like, what are they doing out here? Like, you know what I mean? I've seen the Shmees in K-pop choreo. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so when I, when I, I have the ability to then 
teach to this K-pop song, but also be like, guess what? This movie we're about to do is from the Bay Area, right? Or my favorite example, I think, is is Taeyang back in the day, right? Wedding dress, where are you at? <laughs> Two of the most like iconic dance video, like the K-pop videos, were choreographed by a dude from Daily City. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And every time I tell people that, it, like blows their minds. I'm like, yeah, dude, Sean Evaristo, shout yeah. out, right? Like he changed the game of hip hop, at least right. in the Bay Area. And yeah. so to be like this stuff that you see, or Kyle Hanagami, right. who choreographs for Girls, Wonder Girls, Girls Generation, Girls yeah. Generation. He, he choreographs for a lot of different K-pop groups. Oh, I didn't know that. But like, yeah, he's from the Bay Area as well. You know what I mean? And yeah. so like, just to kind of understand like where that connection comes from, um, I think it's super important. And like, the last thing I think I want to say for that is that like, my biggest beef with K-pop right now in the industry is that choreographers don't get credited in the biggest. Yes. 100%. Oh, right? 100%. Like, the director and the producer and stuff, you see those credits on the YouTube channel, but, like, I have to search Instagram, Google, whatever, to find out who choreographed these K-pop dances. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, when it comes to American music videos, sure, because the backup dancing is just, it's just it's just backup dancing, right? Yeah. But K-pop, people learn the choreography, and it's, it's, it's like, 50% the song and 50% the dance, right? right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, for yeah. that dance to be so heavily focused and to not give credit to the choreographer yeah. seems very unfair to me. Yeah, no, that's, that's a really good point. Yeah, that level of glorification yeah. that's you become I mean? so popular. Yeah. 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 It becomes yeah. emblematic of those videos. 100%. Right? You, right. you almost can't separate the two. Right. Yeah. yeah, and the fact that you're absolutely right. Like, I'll, like, I'll find out through like a friend or a friend in the community, like, do you know like so-and-so choreographed the video? I was like, oh, what the hell? Right. Like, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, even like when I first found out, like, I remember watching like I think the Fire music video from BTS, like, this looks just like Keone. Yep. Like, it ha- like, right? And then literally, like, like some obscure background video where like he's like kind of in a studio, like sending them a video. I was like, oh, and so it is Keone. But like, mm-hmm. why do I have to go through all of that to find him? Yeah. Right? Exactly. So I definitely agree that. Fire was choreographed Keone, by and, Madrid. Yeah. Um, Shout out to Keone Madrid. For yeah. Sure. Go-Go was choreographed by Scott Forsyth, mm-hmm. who was right. a really super dope choreographer of Canada, yeah. you know. But like, yeah. Shout out Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually was watching a video well, I, my girlfriend was watching a video of BTS at some point. It was you. We all know you got your BTS mask, BTS hat, BTS shirt. I had the bomb thing, and and I was watching this BTS video, and each of the members is kind of doing their own bit of choreography on this. You know, of course, this K-pop is really glamorous stage, smoke, lights, the whole shebang, and each member is doing some 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 part of their own like individual choreography that they learned mm-hmm. someone came up i don't remember which member it was specifically but as she was watching it it came up he's doing the dance and then a name popped up and it was brian puspos oh whoa, oh, whoa. and they're mm. like giving credit to like brian puspos choreographed this for this member of oh. bts i don't know which video maybe one of the army can like link it to us whatever but i was like <laughs> that was like really cool because it's like a choreographer that i know and you yeah. know like if it was someone like keone madrid yeah or shawnee Baristo whose name popped up that would be amazing right because yeah. that's yeah. great for their resume shows them that respect mm-hmm. so i absolutely like see where you're coming from yeah there. yeah that's cool that you saw that though because that that maybe there's there's a bit of a shift into that you know what i mean maybe, I, think I, hope, I would hope so after this discussion today i would really hope yeah, so. exactly yeah for sure <laughs> well dude this has been an incredible conversation and we've gone everywhere from like k-pop to um to tiktok and everything else but i want to really quickly bring it back to the bay for the last question yeah and my last question for you is what is one thing you hope changes about dancing in the bay area and what's one thing you hope never changes mm. wow um, I guess I'll start with what never changes, yeah. I think, is just to keep the community, right. right? Like, I know I talked about the community not being very unified in whatever it may be, but just to provide that, yeah. right? Because I remember very vividly what it was like to be 
a youth. <laughs> but, you know, but yeah, just to kind of feel like I didn't, you know, I, what, I just didn't have a place to belong and right. like just to, to have that, I think, is so huge. Um, we talk about like Berkeley has like a million different dance scenes, but like main stacks and, and V raps and stuff like that. Right. And, like, you know, to be able to have a community of people, like you already know, right? Like, yeah. like Pagesh Dem was, yeah, we were dancing, but it was way more about the, the friendships and the people, yeah. and the brothers, right? Yeah. And like, like the, 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 the absolutely, like, yeah, all that kind of stuff. And so definitely just kind of keeping that community vibe and like yeah. providing a space for people and, yeah. and just doing what you do, right? Like, no one, very rarely do people in the Bay Area dance community do it to become commercial. I think right. we just do it for ourselves and for right. fun. And so continue to provide that space for people. Yeah. For and, sure. And real quick on that, just before you get into the part yeah. that was changes, I think even for me, like, so I know you got into it much younger, but like as much as, you know, you kind of got in dance cause I took a, a break dance class. I didn't get in choreography until I took a class with you and I learned T pains something, but like somewhere in Wisconsin. And then I took that class with you. I want to say Jesus, but I could be wrong. Um, but it, uh, and like and then for me and then I fell in love with dance in college especially with these guys with Doug and Yim as, as part of um, No Access and all that through the Chinese Student Association but it was like one of the things where I finished college I moved back I got a real job but I didn't want to let go of this thing that I loved mm-hmm. like, that I newly discovered in college and I think the Bay Area community again is incredible for that because you know you meet a ton of professionals on these teams that are again just do it for fun for the community for, for the social aspect of it so I, I really credit a lot of my confidence and also just a lot of my friends to, to that community yeah yeah, all my friends are dancers. Yeah, you know, just just period. Yeah, um, you guys are currently considered dancers, by the way. Yep. You guys are <laughs> <laughs> all right. And what's what's one thing that you wish would change? Um, one thing I wish would change, you know, I, it could I, be nothing, but you know, let me know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess again, I think it's one of those things where we when we talk about the team community, I'm just not part of it anymore. Right. Right. And so I I just. I feel it feels wrong for me to say that something needs to change with it. Right. I, I do wish, I guess, that there was like th- there there was a little bit more sense of of a connection. I oh. guess. So San Jose has on one studios, right. which is a huge place to train and and, right. and, and dance out there. Um, you know, East Bay has Full Out and In the Groove and San Francisco. There, there's there's City Dance, there's Ray, there's there's Mission Dance. There, there's uh-huh. a couple of different places, but like they just feel like their own kind of place and I feel like if you're in San Francisco you take class here if you're in Oakland you take class there if you're in San Jose and so it would be cool to see some type of like collaboration between the teams right like uh, you know uh, so the company yeah right like we've all heard of the company I think they they were viral at one point or another Um, but they don't participate in any dance shows in the Bay Area anymore They, they have their own show that they run every year um, and, and, and nothing against the company. Like, like I've, I, like one of my good friends stands with the company, we've talked about this, and, yeah. and I understand why they don't do it. But, you know, it would be cool if we would support each other and kind of lift each other up. Like, right. I think a lot of these people that want to make dance a bigger thing in their lives move to L.A. I'm not going to go into, like, all of the names yeah. of, the, of the people that have moved out of the Bay Area, but there's always been a, a, a little part of me that's that's kind of been like, you know... I get why you have to go to LA and go to Hollywood and go into the commercial space. Right, right. But why not create that here in San Francisco, right? Like Ray Studios, to my knowledge, Ray Agency is the only agency that uh, represents dancers. Mm. There's acting agencies here and there's singing agencies, but there's no other... Because I remember Googling it, right? I thought about like I want to dance professionally and I was like, I don't want to move to LA necessarily. Can I find an agency to represent me here and find an agent... To get me gigs, right? Doesn't exist. Damn. 
And so, yes, I understand that Hollywood is Hollywood. But plenty of people come to the San Francisco Bay Area to shoot, to film, mm-hmm. to, to create content. And so why not have an agency here? Right. I, I, a couple years ago, I, I did a pilot for a TV show that's now like a big NBC show, right? right? And like they shot in San Francisco, but it, it kind of came up through like a local thing. And so right. like it would just be cool if there was more of a support for people who want to dance professionally that want to still live in the Bay Area, that yeah. don't want to live in L.A. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? So mm-hmm. yeah, that, it would be cool if there was a bit more of that, I guess, kind of a push from just... I do this for fun to like, I could actually do this professionally and still live here and still live here in the Bay area. Yeah. 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 Uh, dude. Awesome. Thank you so much, dude. And before we end today's episode with our rapid fire questions, I really just want to thank you for your time uh, and for being on the podcast again, as our first ever guest. So you're an inaugural guest. Uh, So really dude, I really appreciate like all the insight you've given us, not only the community and the world that you're a part of, but also just like what the challenges have been like, just like doing this, you know, pretty much your whole life. Yeah. Um, so before we go to the rapid fire, I want to kind of open the floor for you. Where can they catch you dancing? Where they can catch your classes? Where they can catch you dancing on stage? Let them know what's up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I teach every Friday night, uh, City Dance Studios. If you want to look on Instagram, it's probably the best place is City Dance Live. Um, they have a lot of great classes, not just mine. Um, but I also, um, you'll catch me dancing at some Warriors games. If you go live, <laughs> nice. we'll be there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I think again, like I really just want to drill down my whole thing with, with dances that like my, like I try to preach this so hard is that like dances, like it's for you, right? Like, like dance should a hundred percent be about how it feels and not how it looks. Right. And I know it's hard to get out of your head because it's such a visual art, right? but like, you know, you should not be dancing for anyone but yourself, mm-hmm. right? And so, like, I encourage everyone to try it, to keep doing it. As long as it brings you joy, mm. just keep dancing. You know what I mean? And, yeah, like, I, it should never be, like, a exclusive thing. Yeah. Like, anyone can dance. <laughs> like, I actually really, truly believe that. Yeah. Even if you're not great at it, even if you're not going to be professional, if it makes you happy, then keep dancing. Love right? that. Yeah. Love that. Because when are we taking class? Because we gotta, we gotta, now we got to do this. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna film it, put it on Instagram. So we'll post, what, it on, what, post it on the IG. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Slide into Jim's DMs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll link Jim's uh, Instagram in our uh, in our Instagram post. Definitely check that out. You'll see the three of us in one of your classes very soon. Yay. So looking forward to it, man. And with that, let's get into the rapid fire question. Rapid fire? Are we gonna actually rapid fire? Because <laughs> I've listened to every single episode. Alright, we're gonna try. We're gonna try. Oh, that's funny. I'm trying to, I'm gonna try to make this fast. You, you have the last one, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, dance shoes, Nike or Adidas? Nike. 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 Cool. Alright, so no, four, four. Vans? It used to be Nike versus Vans. I know, I know, I know. See, but this is why it's not like... rapid fire. <laughs> <laughs> we were gonna keep going. We were gonna keep going. Dance TV shows. So you think you can dance or America's the best dance crew? ABDC for me. ABDC. Me too. Damn, ABDC. Damn, it's all the way four around. Okay, cool. Uh, dance classes. In person or over Zoom? In person. Yeah, there's no no competition. I say Zoom only for like accessibility. Like mm-hmm. if, you, if you imagine mm-hmm. you're from like Gilroy. <laughs> and also because you can turn your camera off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not working. Or both fuck nowhere. Uh, but yeah, no, I also say in person if you can make it. But maybe that's just elitist and privileged of us. Dance fashion that should come back. Baggy sweats slash shorts or big scars? <laughs> the scars? <laughs> no, 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 no. Definitely never the scars. 
I still wear baggy sweats and shorts. Sure, I don't know. I, I'll still rock it. Yeah, baggy sweats. Yeah, baggy I don't even know what the scarves were. So I kind of like the baggy scarves, dude. I'm not going to lie. I wore the scarves. The scarves I always wear the scarves. Bro. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right, music to dance to. 90s, early 2000s, or today? Early 2000s. Yeah, 2000s. Oh, I was going to say the same thing. Damn, it's all the way around. All right, early 2000s. I thought there would be different answers. That's because it's the right answer. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we were all teenagers, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so I have one. Here's the rapid fire for, for Jin. It's one or the other, all right? Oh, God. If you only dance with one team, would it be? And it's like the last year, both of them are going to close in, a, in this fictitious world. Ooh. Blue Crew or Project M for a reunion? Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> reunion. Oh, I didn't see that one coming. After the wrench in it. I'm rapid fire. I'm kind of stumped. That's <laughs> <laughs> the first one. That's a good one. Yeah, that, that is a good one. Good one. Um, uh, no disrespect, <laughs> but like Project M. Yeah! yeah. That's the Brotherhood. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Dude, hell yeah. Awesome. Thank you again, dude, for your time here. This is our first guest episode with Jin. Talking about a dance. We sound it out. Yay. Bye. Reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram at 3AD Podcast. We know how precious time is these days, so we want to thank you for spending some of your time with us. As you go on into tomorrow, go on unapologetically, go on as a positive force, And most importantly, go on with your bad self.